This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado, The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. Welcome back to the Destination Debbie Podcast. You know who it is, man. It's your host of this here thing that we do, Ray G. You can find me on Twitter at Ray GQ. Destination Debbie is a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. Make sure you check out all the great shows over there. I'm talking Dynasty Crossroads, Dynasty Builders, Superflex Super Show. There's some good stuff over there on DLF. If you rock with the DDP, you definitely rock with DLF. Now, college football week five reaction. And we are getting to the point of the college football season, even in this crazy landscape where they're starting to become some clarity, some clarity with the upcoming 2021 NFL draft, some clarity with what could potentially be available in 2022 and 2023. What isn't clear, what isn't clear for some people, not for me and hopefully not for you, But it is the QB3 in the 2021 class because Trey Lance. Trey Lance had a phenomenal, phenomenal 2019 season. And I mean, absolutely lit it up. 66% completion percentage, 2,700 passing yards, and 28 touchdowns to no interceptions. Also rushed for over 1,100 yards in 2019. And we were all excited. We were all excited, anxious, giddy with anticipation because the 2020 season, while crazy for every single college team in America, Trey Lance had one shot. He had one opportunity this fall to play in a meaningful game on national television for the scouts, for NFL franchises, GMs, teams to see him sort of light up a Central Arkansas team. And at the end of that game, Trey Lance finished probably with his worst career game that he's ever played. 
15 for 30, 50% completion percentage, 149 yards, average five yards in attempt, two touchdowns, one interception, did have a fantastic looking run, a 54-yard touchdown run, showed that mobility that he possesses. But again, arguably his worst game that he played. And that was the risk that Lance ran into playing this one game season. Central Arkansas, while they're not a great team, that was their fourth game. They played three games prior to this game against North Dakota State. They had time to fill out their offense, fill out their defense, and they knew that this was the Trey Lance showcase. Think about that for a second. As a Central Arkansas player, North Dakota State schedules one game and they put you on the schedule and you 100% know it was for Trey Lance to light you up. As a former defensive player, that right there is all the motivation I would need in order to go out there and bring it to his ass. You could sell out on blitz packages. You can disguise coverages. Do everything in your power to stop Trey Lance. You will be known as the Trey Lance killers because he did not look good. And that's putting it, that, that's being very objective. At six foot four, 226 pounds, Trey Lance possesses the skills to be a starting quarterback at the NFL level. Some of the things that he does, you can't coach that. You can't teach some of the innate skills that he possesses. What you can teach is getting the ball out of your hands quickly, working on your footwork, learning how to read through progressions. Those things can be taught. I am not concerned about him long term. I do believe he's still going to be a first round pick in the NFL draft and therefore in super flex formats should be drafted accordingly. We have a whole season of film on Trey Lance being absolutely dominant and those people who are going to get off of the Trey Lance uh, train off of one game don't deserve him. They don't deserve him on their dynasty rosters and their franchise doesn't deserve him either. Trey Lance was never going to come into the NFL and be this lighted up day one starter. I think we've gotten spoiled by some of the quarterbacks that have been able to do that. Let's not forget that Patrick Mahomes damn near sat his entire rookie season behind Alex Smith, and that did him a world of good. Jordan Love won't touch the field until Aaron Rodgers is done in Green Bay, and it remains to be seen what he can be. So coming into the NFL and starting from day one, does not, it's not indicative of long-term success at the NFL level. You know, the Miami Dolphins, they lost again today. Ryan Fitzpatrick plays well some games, he plays bad other games. But Tua did not come into the league starting. This whole, they have to be day one starter type stuff is ridiculous. Trey Lance is an FCS quarterback. The level of competition at North Dakota State is not even close to what you see in the Big 12 or the Big 10 or the SEC or the AAC or the, the you know what I'm saying? The American Athletic Conference. So he's going to have to learn what would be his best outcome is to land on a franchise with a proven starter that he can sit behind and learn. What if that was the Minnesota Vikings or the Detroit Lions? Or hell, the New England Patriots, for that matter. Let them sit behind Cam Newton for a year. Let them sit behind Kirk Cousins. Let them sit behind Drew Brees or Phillip Rivers comes back for another year. Let him sit, learn, and develop the NFL game. But to say that, oh, he's a bust, I knew it. He looks nothing like a first-round pick. Get the hell out of here. 
He had his worst game of his career, and unfortunately for him, he ran the risk of this happening. You know, the same way that we were excited about this one-game season and what he can do from a production standpoint, the, the inverse of that happening actually came to fruition. And in that game, if you just look at the box scores, you see 50% completion percentage, didn't have a lot of yards. But if you watch the game, like truly watch the game, there were throws that he made that, that he made that make you say, oh my gosh, drop touchdown, beautiful bomb, drop touchdown pass. I mean, right off of the, the receiver's hands. You see the arm strength, you see the mobility, you see the size, you see the athleticism, you see the, the, the pocket presence that he has, but then you also see why he does need to learn and develop. So it, it was very, very unfortunate for Lance that he did not come out there and light it up. But for us in Dynasty, the fallout is if you participate in Defy Leagues where people are selling Trey Lance out of fear that he's not a top five pick, out of fear that he may not be a top 10 pick, then you go buy Trey Lance. You go buy Trey Lance and then you get excited when your NFL team drafts him and develops that skill set at quarterback. I have no concerns about Trey Lance long term. I do believe he will still receive the draft capital from all accounts if he declares. If he declares, I believe he'll still be a first round pick. From all accounts, he's a phenomenal kid, a hard worker, and he's got the he's got the size and he's got the physical tools. Trey Lance, you know, uh, we had to start the show with the showcase because that's all we're going to see from Trey Lance. But I have got some helmet stickers to give out, some DDP helmet stickers from this past Saturday. And a quarterback who did light it up is Shane Bouchelle, transfer quarterback from Texas, SMU starting quarterback, 32 for 45, 474 and three. Him and Reggie Roberson Jr., 243 receiving yards. I mean, absolutely on fire. Just Beautiful. Both of those guys get DDP helmet stickers. Unfortunately, there is fear that Reggie Roberson possibly tore his ACL. I have not seen any confirmation of that. So we will we will hold tight, fingers crossed, because he's one of those guys in the 2021 class who definitely deserves more hype. He is a speed demon. He was good last year with James Prochet. And quietly, SMU is becoming wide receiver factory. They've got a, they've put a lot of wide receivers in the NFL and Reggie Roberson Jr. is next up. Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State returning from his tornadoes ACL that he suffered last year. Nine for 148 and two. Great job by Tylen Wallace. It's good to see him back looking like Tylen Wallace. Another wide receiver who deserves a helmet sticker is John Mechie. John Mechie, the second or third, you know, wide receiver for the University of Alabama. He's the third wide receiver. Let me correct myself there. It's Waddle, it's Smith, and then it's Mechie. But five for 181 and two, fantastic wide receiver. They just continue to churn those guys out. After Smith and Waddle declare this year, Mechie's going to be another one of those guys who's going to start, you know, getting that buzz as a first round potential pick at the wide receiver position in 2022. Let's move on to the tight ends and a player that I have not talked about one time on this program, and I will change that, is Boston College tight end Hunter Long. It's six foot five, 253 pounds. He had himself another game versus North Carolina, nine receptions, 96 yards. The week before that, nine for 81 versus Texas State, and the week before that, seven for 93. This big boy can play. And while we are so excited about the big three, we're looking for who's next after Charlie Kohler. You know, Hunter Long may be 
in that category, maybe above Charlie Kohler from Iowa State. Hunter Long is a fantastic looking tight end prospect. And this class just continues to get better and better and better. Get excited for the 2021 crop of tight ends. And you know we can't talk tight ends without talking Kyle Pitts. Another two touchdowns, four for 57. I mean, he's just, he's he's a mismatch nightmare. He's dominant. He's ridiculous. He's good. He's fantastic. Got to give my boy Kyle Pitts a helmet sticker. I, I did not talk about the running backs. And let me tell you, when, when I do this, it, anybody who tells you that they watch every freaking college game, they're a damn lie. Don't believe that. I mean, uh, unless that is your job, unless it is what you do from sunup to sundown, that's BS. There's too damn much going on to watch every single college game. And I try to go back and watch the condensed copies of the game Saturday night, Sunday morning before the NFL starts. So I did get to dig into a couple of guys and I want to give this player a helmet sticker. And it's not because he had an amazing stat line, but it's because he looked good in game. And I'm talking about Zamir White, the running back from the University of Georgia. I've kind of dunked on Zamir White a little bit. He's somebody that I talked about this time last year being really, really high on Zamir White coming out of high school. I mean, Zeus White was supposed to be that guy towards ACL his final year in high school. Then he tore his ACL his incoming freshman season at Georgia when he was supposed to play. Played last year and looked okay. Looked like a player who still wasn't confident in his skills, wasn't confident in his knee. But this past Saturday, Zamir White looked like that 2018 version of himself. I was very impressed with his movement skills, how he was utilizing that offense, the physicality, the decisiveness that he played with, that he ran with. 19 for 88 and two touchdowns. Zamir White, kudos to you, young man, for coming back and balling out helmet sticker for you. Now let's transition into some quarterbacks who, listen, we are looking, we are looking for who's after Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And I'll just say this, uh, Trevor Lawrence was outstanding. Once again, it's one of those things where I don't want to diminish how great he is. I feel like we did that a little bit with, with Christian McCaffrey in the NFL. You know, these players are so good. They go out there and just ball out every game. We kind of take it for, for granted. And I don't want to diminish how good Trevor Lawrence was this past Saturday. I mean, v- versus Virginia, it, just outstanding. 25 for 38, 329 and three, no interceptions. He, he's he's a great he's a great quarterback. He's going to be the number one pick. He's fantastic. But Kyle Trask once again, Kyle Trask goes out there and just looks efficient. He looks like he's in command of that offense. Twenty one for twenty nine, two sixty eight, four touchdowns, one interception. Kyle to Kyle making that beautiful sweet music together. Trask is my QB4 right now in the 2021 class. He is right behind Trey Lance. I moved him, or I've got him to QB5. QB5 right behind Jamie Newman in my rankings, patreon.com forward slash all gas. I'm considering moving him to QB4 in the 2021 class. If he does it next week, if he does it one more game, I'm, I'm going to have to trust my eyes and trust what I've seen on field. The reason why we were extremely high or higher than most on Jamie Newman was his decision to transfer to Georgia to play, and he did not do that. So 
to have him at QB4 at this moment, based off of what we're seeing from some of these other quarterbacks, seems a little just holding on to what we wanted to see from him at Georgia this year. But Kyle Trask has been nothing short of fantastic. When you're talking about some of the top quarterbacks that we've seen play this fall, you cannot mention a player without mentioning Kyle Trask. And that that goes for Trevor Lawrence. That goes for Dylan Gabriel. Kyle Trask is firmly in that category of what I called him. I, I called him this a couple of shows ago is Joe Burrow light. He's having that Joe Burrow light senior season where he is just elevating that bad defensive Florida team because he's just so good. He's so efficient. He reminds me of a a Kirk Cousins type player. He's not the most mobile. He's not the most athletic. He doesn't have this massive cannon of an arm, but it looks like he's improved his ball placement. He's got good zip on the ball. He knows where to go. He's decisive. He's making good decisions. Kyle Trask is definitely continuing to rise up my rankings. Now, another player who I have not talked about in a very, very long time is Phil Jerkovich. Phil Jerkovich, the quarterback from Boston College, 37 for 56, 313 and two. I had to go back and watch the condensed version of this game because I wanted to see Hunter Long. I wanted to watch Sam Howell and I wanted to talk about, I wanted to see a player that I'm going to talk about later on when we get to the wide receivers. And I got to watch Jerkovich and he tra- transferred from Notre Dame. He looks good, man. He looks pretty damn good. He's somebody that I'm going to move up in my personal rankings as well. And Mac Jones, Mac Jones, man. Alabama just doesn't miss a beat, right? Mac Jones is out there. He's got the the highly touted five-star recruit in Bryce Young waiting in the wings behind him. And he just continues to produce for Alabama. It's like the, they just don't miss a beat. You know, they're not even having to run Najee Harris because three times a game, he's going to drop two bombs, two to three bombs, one to Jalen Waddle, one to John Mechie, DePonta Smith making acrobatic catches in the back of the end zone. They're up 21, 30 points at halftime. They don't even, they, they just pull Najee. It's, it's actually quite refreshing to watch what Nick Saban is doing with Najee Harris. He's getting him involved. He's scoring touchdowns, but they are not overworking Najee. It's it's almost like, and I, I don't want to say this because it's hard to believe that a college coach would think about this in game, but they're 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 intentionally not utilizing him to rough him up. You know what I mean? It's it's like they are preserving him while still using him as a part of their offense, but not just riding him into the ground. Now maybe that changes as they get to some tougher competition. But Najee Harris, you know, he has yet to have a big rushing stat line. Maybe 50 yards is his, you know, 50, 60 yards is what he's averaging in these in these two games, scoring touchdowns. But I'm not concerned. I really like how they're using him and using Najee. And a big part of that is Mac Jones's development. Now, I do not believe that Mac Jones is going to declare after this season. If it were just if I'm just going to put a bet in, I would say that he's a player who's going to stay for until his eligibility is up, which means he comes back next year, which does kind of suck for Bryce Young. But Mac Jones is another one of those guys that can put his name on the radar to be maybe a day two, late day one pick at the NFL level. He's, he's, he's okay. He's not bad whatsoever, but there were some quarterbacks who were bad. One of them, I, I just don't understand. I, I don't get Mississippi State, they go out there and throw for 623 versus LSU, and then versus winless Arkansas, KJ Costello looked inept. 
59 pass attempts, one touchdown, three picks. Two of them were horrendous, 313 yards. And don't give me, he lost his leading receiver, Kylan Hill, who's the damn running back. KJ Costello, listen. Mike Leach's air raid offense normally is going to put up yards. They're going to put up points. I'm not buying it, man. I'm not buying these quarterbacks. Uh, I'm, I'm not. Gardner Minshew, I know it's a great story. He looks great at times. If the Jacksonville Jaguars end up with a one or two pick, they're taking a quarterback, right? KJ Costello is another one of those guys. I really didn't care for him at Stanford. And yes, while it was awesome to watch him put up those yards and show a little bit of promise, the absolute egg that they laid against Arkansas, just just disaster. Disaster for Costello. It's just, it looks bad. And who else looked bad, which all the Auburn fans came out in full force to, to criticize me in my take that I'm out on Bo Nix. I'm just out on Bo Nix as an NFL prospect. I am. And I stopped was then and I still am. I'm out on Bo Nix, 21 for 40, 177 and one interception. It just looks, it just does not look doesn't look like a good quarterback to me. Looks like a good college quarterback, but this show is designed to have you ready for the NFL draft, get you ready for these rookies. And Bo Nix, right now, where we stand, two games into the SEC season, just doesn't do it for me, man. I'm just, I'm not there with Bo Nix. We'll see how it plays out, but not there with Bo Nix. Now, let let's talk about this player. Real quick before we move on to the running backs, now a couple of quick hitters. Miles Brennan looked really good. Kenny Pickett, he had his up and down moments. My boy Jared Wackerly's been telling me, look out for Kenny Pickett. Uh, really impressed with Miles Brennan coming back after looking lost versus Mississippi State the week before. Dylan Gabriel in a loss, another 300 passing yards. Max Duggan from TCU, word up to Max Duggan, who it was some concern that he would even be able to play dealing with, uh, I think he had like a heart condition, but he went out there. TCU beat Texas, and while we're on Texas, Sam Ellinger, no thank you. Good college quarterback will not be anything at the next level. No, sir. No, thank you. But let's talk about Spencer Rattler. Let's talk about Spencer Rattler. And this whole show, I can just spend, I I could spend this entire 30 minutes just talking about damn quarterbacks. And I got to pick it up because I've been on the quarterbacks for so long. Spencer Rattler to, to hate on this kid. It's really easy, right? As a, as a young, young man, young teenage kid. He was one of the hottest and highest rated recruits in the country from like his sophomore, junior, senior season. Netflix comes to record this highly touted prospect in his final season in high school. Just think about that for a second. Not only are you coveted by every college head coach in the nation, Nick Saban, Lincoln Riley, uh, Ed Ogeron, every college coach you can think of. You've got Netflix coming to your high school to record you, to film you on the show QB1. Who wouldn't be an arrogant little prick? While there are some young players who are mature and they could handle that, most of us who judge that situation have never even been remotely close to being that good at what you do. Think about what you do in your personal life, professional life. You ain't that good at it. You're not top five in the country at what you do. And if you were that good at what you do and Netflix came to record you as a 16, 17, 18 year old kid, 
how would you react? I, I hear so much about he's a prick. He's cocky. He's, I would be. If Netflix came to watch me do what I do best, I would probably be pretty damn arrogant as well. But in his freshman season at Oklahoma, when he sat the pine behind Jalen Hurts, you heard nothing about Spencer Rattler being a distraction to the team, being a bad teammate, any of that stuff. He goes out there and throws for 300 yards, two touchdowns, has an interception where Charleston Rambo was clearly held on the play. Oklahoma loses their second game in a row. He didn't play well the week before. He played excellent in the first game versus Podunk University, and they lose this week to Iowa State. And all I see is Spencer Rattler hate up and down the timeline. For me, he's still my number one rated quarterback in the 2022 class. I am not concerned about this red shirt, red shirt freshman who played very, very well in this game versus Iowa State. Oklahoma's problem is much bigger than Spencer Rattler. That defense is just as bad as the damn Dallas Cowboys defense, if not worse, that I witnessed uh, give up a thousand rushing yards to Dearness Johnson, uh, something Hilliard, and Kareem Hunt today, and then throw OBJ in the mix as well, rushing for over 300 damn yards on the Cowboys. Spencer Rattler is far from Oklahoma's biggest, biggest problem. The kid has arm talent galore. He's got command. He can throw the ball. He can deliver from all kinds of platforms. Does he need to develop his decision-making and accuracy at times? Absolutely. But he's a red shirt freshman, people. Relax. If we hear things about him being a bad teammate at Oklahoma, a bad teammate working leading up to the NFL draft, then I'll change my position. Right now, you all sound like grumpy old men yelling outside for the kid next door to turn down his music. Stop it. All right. Let's dive into the running backs, and I got to be quick. I, I spent a lot of time on these damn quarterbacks. I told you I could have I spent the whole show talking about quarterbacks, but some great performances. Travis Etienne, I mean, good grief. He's so good, man. He, he and Najee Harris are clearly the top two running backs in the 2021 class. Etienne doing it through the air, doing it on the ground, showing his elite contact balance, 114 receiving yards and a touchdown. Just but Clemson is just good. And Travis Etienne with Trevor Lawrence, they're just fantastic, man. His contact balance, I, I told you this year, I'm going to stop using the word elite. It is elite. It, he gets hit and he continues to go. You know, is he going to be a three down back? Don't know. Really don't care. I know he's going to be good. He and Najee Harris are both going to be very good. Chuba Hubbard, it was good to see him get off the schneid this week, over 100 rushing yards, you know. He looks, he looks good. He looks like Chuba, but he's not doing what he did last year. That Oklahoma State offense isn't the same. We touched on Zamir White, Brees Hall, another fantastic game, not eligible until 2022, 139 rushing yards, two TDs. Eric Gray, listen, moving Eric Gray up in my rankings, patreon.com forward slash alt gas. I have him as RB3 in the 2022 class. He's moving up right behind Brees Hall to RB2 over Isaiah Spiller, which don't understand the usage of Spiller at Texas A&M, but Eric Gray over 100 on the ground, 
one touchdown through the air. It was good to see Eric Gray getting that work uh, with the Tennessee Volunteers. And then a young guy, Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby from Auburn. Auburn got shellacked in the game versus Georgia. But Tank Bigsby doing it on the ground, doing it through the air. You see him in the kick return game. Fun to watch Tank Bigsby. He's going to be probably one of the top running backs in the 2023 class uh, here in a couple of years. Listen, Debbie RB disasters just kind of falling for me. Keontae Ingram, I'm out, you guys. I, I, I just, he's going to be... He's going to be a career backup running back. He's got the talent. He's got the skill, but it just doesn't translate. He's not explosive. It's just, I, I don't think it's going to happen, you guys, with with uh, Keontae Ingram. That's unfortunate because I really like the player. I like what he could do, his skill set, his size. But other than that, I just want no part in him. You know, no part. I talked about Isaiah Spiller. I don't know why Isaiah Spiller isn't getting the touches. I think he's a very talented, talented running back, but I got to drop him down in my ranks. I got to drop him down. He's not getting the work. He's being out carried by other running backs. And this was a freshman running back who almost had a thousand rushing yards last year, over 20 receptions. I mean, and I don't get what's going on with him at Texas A&M. Now, wide receivers talked about John Mechie. They got another guy at Alabama named Jalen Waddle. He went five for 142 and one, showing that explosive breakaway speed. Jalen Waddle, again, my dark horse candidate to be the number one wide receiver off of the board over Jamar Chase, over Rondell Moore, over Rashad Bateman. Just he is the definition of game changer. You know, when you when you're watching football on Sundays, there are some players who are just very good. When you watch a Tyler Boyd play, just a very good wide receiver. When you watch some of these players, you know, that that are good, but there's something different about an elite game changing player. Jalen Waddle is a game changing player. Tyler Boyd isn't going to change the game with one catch. Jalen Waddle can take a two yard hitch route and take it 85 to the house. Jalen Waddle can catch a punt and take it to the house. Jalen Waddle can take a reverse a la OBJ today and take it to the house. He is the definition of game changer. Jalen Waddle is just fan-freaking-tastic. And of the players that I see getting passed around in Debbie Leagues, Jalen Waddle just, I, I traded Darius Slayton for Jalen Waddle straight up. Give me Jalen Waddle. I don't care that it's going to take a year for me to get that production. Waddle is an absolute stud. Terrace Marshall, he only had two catches. They both went for touchdowns, 67 yards. Terrace Marshall's probably going to be a first round pick. He's going to play his way into round one. He looks great. He and Miles Brennan, hopefully he'll get more receptions here. Uh, Vanderbilt was not very good. So Terrace Marshall, another one of those players where if you're looking at rookie draft projections, you know, he's going to be a top 20 pick in rookie drafts next year. He should be a top 20 pick in rookie drafts next year. And Terrace Marshall will be making his, uh, his debut in my top 10 for the 2021 class when I make my rankings update this week. Jordan Addison, shout out to my man Jared Wackerly, who put me on Addison from Pitt. Young freshman, six foot 170, only had two grabs, 77 yards and one TD, but he's been playing quite well this year. So good to see Jordan Addison, the name that I need to put on my radar. Make sure he's added in my database to get him ranked for the 2023 class. TCU has another guy, Quentin Johnston, freshman, big six foot four wide receiver, three for 70 versus Texas. Another name to keep on your radar. He's he's going to be a good one. 
He's going to be a good one. TCU has a history of putting out some solid wide receivers. Who's not looking good right now? Somebody that I talked about quite a bit this offseason, Daz Newsome, one for six versus BC. He's non-existent. He's got three catches on the season. Three catches in two games for 31 yards. Daz is about to take a deep dive. He's going to dive deep down the rankings. I've got to move him down. He's not involved in the offense. He's not making plays. This is not good for Daz Newsom and his 2021 NFL draft stock. Now let's move on to the tight ends. And man, there's some good tight ends. We talked about Hunter Long and Kyle Pitts getting a helmet sticker. Jalen Watermeyer. Jalen Watermeyer is good. This kid is big as shit. He is a big boy and he just continues to make plays. Texas A&M had two highly touted uh, tight end prospects enter their program last season. Baylor Cup was the guy that everybody talked about. But Watermeyer is just, he's the one that continues to put up numbers and to produce eight for 82. He had a, a fantastic sideline grab that just kind of fell out of his hands. But I mean, the kid is massive and he's, he's fluid. He's smooth. He's going to be a day two pick in the NFL draft in 2022. Very, very look, good looking tight end prospect, as well as Austin Stogner. Austin Stogner from Oklahoma. Five for 74. And he just, he's just, when you see him, you know it, right? When you watched Oklahoma a couple of years ago and you saw Mark Andrews, most of us were like, okay, that guy's going to be a player. This is Austin Stogner. He's going to be a player. He's going to, he, he reminds me of Mark Andrews, but a little more athletic, which is absolutely outstanding for fantasy football. Overall, Week five was, it was a fun week of football. We got to see some big name matchups. We got to see some upsets. We got to see some big time players. And as we reach this kind of, I guess, like quarter, a little over quarter mark this college football season, some things are starting to take shape and they really have no choice because we're not going to get a complete college football season. So I implore you to make sure you are following the people who are going to have you ready for your 2021 NFL rookie drafts. And with this NFL season being so damn wonky, games getting canceled left and right, players getting injured left and right, you need to start making those preparations for 2021. I'm telling you, if you want to be a leg up on your league mates, you got to start now. You got to look at some of those rosters and say, I'm not going to be a contender. Let me do the productive struggle and go ahead and trade for these picks. Ray is going to keep me in the loop with everybody that's going to be a potential hit at the next level. You need to start playing chess, not checkers, baby. I've told you that from day one, 77 episodes ago, 78 episodes ago. This is chess, not checkers. And we got you covered. Patreon.com forward slash all gas. Make sure you get those monkey knife fight deposits in for the Monday night games. we got two of them bad boys, Falcons, Packers. Then we got the Chiefs versus the Patriots. Use the promo code Debbie. You get free monkey knife fight money. You add, you put 50 in, they match you 50. That's a hundred bucks. Play some more or less. Patrick Mahomes, whoever the hell the quarterback's going to be for the New England Patriots, Aaron Rodgers, more or less. Rapid fire, touchdown, dance, 
we can win some money, baby. Just smash that promo code Debbie. I appreciate you checking out the program. I appreciate you listening, watching on YouTube, however you consume this content. Make sure you subscribe to the Destination Debbie program. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Hustle, motivate, be blessed, stay locked in. Go get it, baby. But you know what's next. Drop the music. I'm rambling. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BLUEWIRE. And don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash.